at law school, corporate clerkship recruitment is considered to be especially demanding. Some of the dedicated lawyers who have survived this vicious process are part of an elite squad known as Allens. These are their stories. Welcome back to another episode of Alan's Confidential. Today, we have two fabulous paralegals and former clerks uh, here to talk to us about their clerkship. Talia Rodriguez did a clerkship in Sydney this summer before the world turned upside down. And Tim Tabulajan has just completed a remote winter clerkship in Melbourne. Uh, Both Tim and Talia are now paralegals and we're very excited to talk to them all about uh, everything clerkship. So, as usual, guys, we like to kick things off by asking, um, what kind of podcasts do you listen to, if at all? Uh, I don't listen to too many, but I will confess listening to a podcast called Stuff You Should Know. Uh, so it covers a broad variety of topics. It's kind of like a trivia podcast. I define it as. Essentially, I'm just preparing for if I ever get selected to go on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I'm just preparing myself for that. Um, but of course, aside from that, Alan's Confidential, I found that quite helpful going through the clerkship process to get a bit of a feel for the firm. Talia, what's one of the things that you think we should know that you've learned from the podcast? Oh, that's a good question. I found, There was an episode on the escape from Alcatraz that I found quite interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, definitely teaches you how to be quite resourceful. So give that one a listen. It's a bit of a how to escape from prison <laughs> if you're much, on an island yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Might come in handy. And how about you, Tim? What, what are your podcasts of choice? Yeah, so I like to listen to one called uh, How I Built This, which is, I guess, about innovation and entrepreneurship and uh, pretty much just resilience in general. And I, I really like it because the uh, the host, Guy Raz, he basically interviews uh, a bunch of founders and creators and uh, business people um, and goes through you know, the stories behind some of some, you know, the biggest household names that we know of, like Wikipedia or Ben and Jerry's and uh, Airbnb. So I think it's just really interesting, you know, for anyone who's interested in, in history and, and just a good story and, and entrepreneurship um, to get an insight to some of these really great companies and products, um, but also, you know, go through some of the the lucky breaks that they had and catastrophic disasters they had. Um, so yeah, it's just a really good storytelling podcast. It sounds right up my alley. I guess so today's episode, we're really going to be digging deeper into what a clerkship actually looks like, because I think when you're a student or when you're applying for clerkships, it's kind of hard to know what you're getting yourself into. So we want to hear from you guys, you know, what your experience was like and what kind of advice you would give to people. But before we get there, let's talk about life before clerkship. So, you know, could you give us a little bit of a picture of yourselves before you got to that point, sort of what, what sort of stuff did you do at uni or what kind of experiences did you have professionally and how do you feel like you were prepared in that sense for doing a clerkship? Tim, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. So, you know, my clerkship was unique, I guess, in the sense that it was virtual, but fortunately it was in the winter. So I think chronologically it was the last of the clerkships that we do here in Melbourne. So in that sense, I'd had a bit of experience over the summer kind of doing in-person clerkships. And I guess even before that, I was a student at Melbourne Law School and I'd done, I guess you could call work experience at a law firm before for about a month. Uh, and also did an internship uh, with the government department up in Darwin, which was great. Uh, and which was also in an office setting. But besides that, I mean, I was 
about as green as you could get coming into to clerkships. I guess by the time I got to the winter one, hopefully I had a bit more experience under my belt. But that was kind of me in a nutshell. Cool. And what just this is totally off topic. What what was your favorite law school subject before you got to being a firm? Oh, well, I did a subject called Institutions in International Law. And I think it's it's one of the law school's kind of flagship subjects. It's a pretty much a two-week intensive run out of Geneva in Switzerland. So this was obviously before uh, the world went upside down, as you said. And uh, so it was just a, a group of 25 of us uh, heading over to Geneva and you kind of visit some of, you know, again, some household names like the, the WTO, um, the ICRC and a lot of different um, in the UN, obviously. And it's just a, a lot of fun. It's in summertime over there in Europe and was very, uh, picturesque and, and a lot of fun. So away from the stresses, I guess, of, of, of the law school in Melbourne. So that was, that was definitely, I think my favorite. Great name for a city. Great city. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Charlie, how about you? Uh, so for me, before the clerkship, obviously I was in my penultimate year, um, at the University of Wollongong. I'd had about 18 months of experience, uh, in a small criminal and family law firm, back home, which was good because I did have some legal experience, but I think that coming to a commercial firm with a blank canvas kind of worked in my favor um, because I had a lot to learn and I didn't have any, I guess, prior conceptions of how how things worked, which was great for me. Um, I think that, to be honest, my retail experience and tutoring experience at uni came quite in handy, maybe even more so than my legal experience because I feel personally that having a good emotional intelligence quota and having great communication skills really went a long way when you're in a whole new world and you're learning a lot of different things. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that lots of people really stress about if they have the right kind of experience. And I think that's such a great point. It's sort of, there's no one experience that's right. It's really when you're thinking about what skills you can take from that experience and how you can build on it in a new environment. So I think that's, that's a good little tip for people who are listening. But so should we jump into it? I mean, how, how were your clerkships? Obviously, it's sort of two very different pictures, but what was it like? What kind of stuff did you do? What was your picture of the firm? Uh, I think for me, to put it simply, I did not think that full-time work over summer would be so much fun, uh, also interesting and challenging, but in a positive way. Uh, the, the clerkship for me was just incredibly social. There was always dinners. There was drinks after work. I think I left in February with severe caffeine, caffeine withdrawals. Uh, because we were going out for coffee so many times a day. Um, I took, also took part in clerk sports. So as a firm, you compete against all the other different firms, a lot of high tensions when you do that. But I can't stress enough that you do not need to be good at sport to participate in that. I'm, that's anecdotal evidence that I'm providing here. Uh, I was also a leader in the charity committee, which was a wonderful experience. We raised a lot of money uh, for the bushfires because back then in 2020, that was our our biggest (laughs) problem, I would say. Um, I probably should discuss some actual work. So my first rotation was through the intellectual property team, which I loved. I'm hoping to go back there as a grad. Uh, And then my second rotation was through M&A, which is short for mergers and acquisitions. And I realized very quickly that I prefer litigious work over transactional work, but I'm glad to have discovered that earlier rather than later. Um, but it was definitely still good to get some experience in that area and understand what it's all about. Yeah. So I guess my experience was very different. It was 
social, but you know, completely run on Microsoft Teams, which was which was different. Um, but in a nutshell, I think it was an overwhelmingly positive experience. I think it's a credit to the Melbourne lawyers. I think they all knew just how strange it was for us to be doing a clerkship virtually, and so they were very proactive in making sure we had you know group calls and catch up calls and basically as many opportunities to get a sense of the firm as we could without actually being there in person. So I think, you know, for anyone who's potentially doing a virtual clerkship, I think it's just the tip I would give is just to be um, proactive as well yourself by, um, you know, reaching out to to your buddy who I think is a great asset and and just asking them, you know, you might be in the disputes team and you might just say, look, I'm pretty interested in finding out a bit more about banking as well. Would you know anyone in that group who you could link me up with uh, because I, you know, I think it is fair to say that if you're not there in person, it's a bit more difficult just to catch lift down to and, and say hello to another team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was a, it was a terrific experience. I was in the mergers and acquisitions team. We only do one rotation here in Melbourne and, and, and that was a heap of fun. So you disagree with uh, Talia's view on the transactions <laughs> versus litigious split? <laughs> I guess I guess I just don't feel as strongly about it. I think you know. I think there's probably. Uh, I hate to be a middle of the way guy, but I think there's <laughs> fun stuff to be done in disputes teams and transactional. I mean, I think you know. I I don't know about Talia, but I did a mix of um, transactional and disputes work, and I think that's you know one way to approach it if you're pretty open minded. That takes all sorts. So, guys, if you had one piece of advice, actually, no, not one piece of advice, as many pieces of advice as you want, um, for anyone that uh, is about to do a clerkship this summer or next winter or, you know, virtually or in person, any gems um, that you could pass on, what would they be? Talia, we'll start with you. I think for me, the your mindset and the way that you frame the process, whether it's the clerkship itself or it's the application process, that mindset can carry a lot of weight in both your success and how much you enjoy uh, the clerkship. I remember being told in my interview to see it as an opportunity to ask questions. You know, the most brilliant legal minds, you're sitting across from them in a room. They usually bill a few thousand dollars an hour. This is your chance to ask them questions and, and get what you want out of that experience rather than seeing it as something that's, that's frightening. Um, another great piece of advice I was given was to say yes to things outside your comfort zone and make decisions on the person that you want to be in the career that you want to have rather than who you are now and really challenge yourself and have that future forward-looking aspect when you are given a task or when you say yes to something. That's great advice. Tim, how about you? Yes, I definitely echo what Tali just said. I thought that was, that was great. I think mine, I've probably got two, which are very nitty-gritty um, so apologies in advance. I think the first one is really making an effort to tailor your work uh, and the end product to what the instructions were from you know the lawyer that 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 gave you the task. I think it's it's really important, kind of when you go through a task, understanding you know, who it's going to in the end and what they want. And I think if in the back of your head you kind of you kind of remember, well, what, what can I do to make this task as quote ready to go as I can when I send it to the lawyer who gave it to me, that can be helpful. So whether it's a, an email that goes out to a client, which is 
purely just recommendations without any provisions and clauses, et cetera, or whether it's a table or whether it's a memo, uh, just understanding what the end product is expected to be, I think can go a long way. Uh, and the second tip I think is just knowing your resources. So, you know, I think it's, it's always a tendency for, for clerks to just, once they get a task, just, you know, we just want to jump right into it. And I think just stepping back and knowing that you've got some really good resources, for example, the library and knowledge management, uh, that can really, they can really help point you in the right direction. And this really helped me out in my clerkship where I had a very specific task where I had to deal with things like automated precedence and I had to run compares and I had no idea how to go about it. And to be honest, I think the best thing I did on that task was actually to, to call a lawyer from knowledge management and she really walked me through how to go about it. And they'll never give you the, the answer because they can't. But I think just, just knowing that you have these really strong, you know, support groups that can point you in the right direction is, is really helpful. Caitlin, I feel like this is advice that like I need to be told. <laughs> so I'm very <laughs> impressed. So I hope you and I are both learning from this because this is very, um, very, very good. Um, yeah, no, tips. it's a, it's a sage reminder. And I'm consistently running into this issue still where people are asking me why I've spent like four days printing um, and informing me that there are like several, like more than three routes through which that I, I can get printing done. Um, and it doesn't entail me um, standing in the printing room swearing at um, the printer. <laughs> but like, it's great that you guys can identify that now. And I think that's a really important shift from university because really at uni, it's, you know, you have, you have obviously the library and things like that and textbooks, but ultimately you're the one that has to has to mm. to do everything and deliver that product, and I think that's it's it's great to recognise that early on that um, you're you're working in a place um, when you any kind of law firm um, where you have this wealth of of knowledge that um, is there for you, but also that that you should absolutely use as much as you possibly can, and and it's not cheating, and it's not um, it's not you not doing the work. It's it's getting it done um, in the most efficient way. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's great. Um, I think just so, on that. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think on that point, it's so important to during the clerkship and in general, I guess, at a law firm, uh, embrace the fact you're not you're probably not at least during the clerkship the smartest person in the room. So take time to ask questions and see everything as a learning experience. I know from. I guess I'm only the smartest person in the room when I'm alone by myself. So this advice wasn't too <laughs> difficult for me to take on board. But I just remember looking around the room during my clerkship and not seeing everyone as competitors, but instead seeing them as assets and people that I could learn from. And God, my friends have taught me so much during this experience, both about the law and myself. But um, yeah, definitely embrace the fact you're not the smartest person in the room and take advantage of what everyone else has to teach you and offer you. So the next um, very crucial and, and important topic that we need to get onto is um, any funny or embarrassing anecdotes that transpired during both of your clerkships because everyone has them and, and we need to really unpack that here. Um, so, Tim, should we start with you? What was it like doing a virtual clerkship and, and were there any kind of odd or funny moments that came out of that um, That three weeks that you had? Yeah. So one of the benefits actually of, of working from home was that the Mac team had tried to, you know, maintain camaraderie by having like a weekly Mac team call where everyone would, would hop on a call for about 30 minutes. And 
what began as a pretty informal uh, call, I think, became you know pretty much like a, an episode of Saturday Night Live. To be honest, there's a host, there was a joke of the day, there was an important matter, um, and so every week uh, the team would jump on this call and 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 have a lot of fun um, interacting with each other. And so when we came in for the clerkship, it had been going for a few months, and they tried to get us involved and. So another clerk and I were responsible for the joke of the day uh, for one of the calls. And that was pretty daunting because if you can imagine, before we came in, there was a lot of roasting going on. But, you know, as clerks, we, we figured we probably shouldn't just come in and roast people who we've never met. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, we, we obviously wanted to, to be, you know, hopefully just a bit funny. So anyway, we, we ended up... We ended up doing a special dad jokes edition of You Laugh, You Lose, where we, we scoured the internet for the worst possible dad jokes and we take turns saying them to one another. And if I laughed, the other clerk would get a point and, and vice versa. And, and I think, you know, it was pretty funny. It was pretty daunting because obviously everyone else is, you know, everyone else, you know, 40 other people are just listening to you say these terrible jokes. Um, but there was a lot of encouragement coming in the chat. Uh, and I think, you know, a few of the partners who had their videos on, it was funny. They were actually, I think they found those jokes genuinely funny, um, which is I'm hilarious. Sure they did. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, dads just outing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a real, that was a real highlight, I think, um, of, of the clerkship. Come on. What, what were some of your fave dad jokes? I thought you'd never ask, Geneva. Um, <laughs> no, look, I'm a sucker for a dad joke. They are so bad, but we'll give them a go. So uh, what vegetable is the best at Kung Fu? I don't know. Oh. What vegetable? Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is, that um, is bleak, Tim. I can like, feel my laughing. skin crawling. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Look, they were... There was genuine laughter on the call. So I think you guys are just a tough audience. Um, I think that says more about the mental state of everyone in Melbourne at the time than it does about the joke. But I'm so yeah. proud of you for saying it and I'm really glad isn't, it went down well. Isn't that the, the point of a dad joke where you tell it in the end, you're like, nah, you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's oh, my response. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think there was a lot more. I think they were definitely laughing at the two of us, you know, more so than the substance <laughs> of the joke. But if you can imagine, that went on for a good 10 minutes. So just I love that, for though. It. I think that's I a like great that. idea. Yeah. Maybe we should have a podcast edition, just dad jokes. <laughs> Alan's confidential <laughs> yeah. dad. For, for 30 minutes. That'd go down <laughs> well. I think you'd have a Mother's Day special. <laughs> yeah. You'd have a lot of partners putting their hand up for, for that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't doubt yeah, that. I agree. How about you, Talia? How have you humiliated yourself during your time with us? Oh, where do I start? I think the problem for me with this question is that the whole time Tim was talking, I was trying to narrow down my choices to just one story. So if that's any indication, we're off to a good start. Um, I think the worst one, the one that takes the cake, would have to be, <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to court. Uh, it was me, another clerk, a, a graduate lawyer, um, I think a senior associate and a partner. And you're aware that, you know, when you walk into the court, there's that x-ray machine that scans for dangerous items and goods as you enter the court. And I had my handbag with me. And as I went through uh, the machine, it started beeping, security came over and they said to me, you have a knife in your bag. 
And I was like, oh, I, I don't think I do. Like, I don't really usually carry knives with me. And they were like, no, you do. We can see it on the scan. I empty your bag. And at this point, obviously, I am sweating. I am incredibly nervous. Everyone is staring at me. I open my bag. Uh, lo and behold, I have a stainless steel cutlery set that I had with me. <laughs> it's no butter knife. Like, that is a decent knife. Um, and at What that are we point, talking, all- like a steak knife? Like, how big is this weapon that you've carried um, in? Place it between a decent steak knife and a butter knife. Like it's enough so it to get through damage. a piece of meat. It could do some damage if right, you wanted right, to. Right. And I just remember, I'm pretty sure the world did stop spinning at that point. And all I could think was <laughs> when I go back to the office and I write my resignation, can I do it in Times <laughs> New Roman or does it have to be in Ariel in accordance with Alan Styles? That's all I could think. So future clerks, uh, if you are listening, I implore you to come and find me and share your embarrassing stories with me so I feel a little bit better about mine. And if you have a story that one-ups bringing a knife into court, I need to hear about it. I thought you were going to say future clerks, my advice to you is don't bring weapons to court. But you've just said... Sadly, that goes without saying, but... Do better than that. Do better and see what you can come Yeah, exactly. Um, But... That's a great story, um, but I'm also going to make you tell your coffee story because when you told me that one the other week, I thought that was very funny how you sort of recklessly destroyed the kitchen. So please share. <laughs> this podcast is turning into a self-sabotage, Geneva. <laughs> <laughs> so this story, this is pretty good as well. I won't name the clerk that I was with, but she knows who she is very well. <laughs> she knows but, um, what she did. <laughs> she knows what she did. <laughs> I'm not alone in this, but I won't drag her down with me. Uh, I think this is the second day of the clerkship or the third day. So you're still getting to know each other. You're still getting familiar with the office. Um, and you're also too scared to just leave and get coffee outside the firm because as a clerk in the first week, you think that everyone is tracking your every movement, even though they couldn't care less and they have their own work to do. <laughs> but um, myself and this clerk, we went to make a coffee on the coffee machines that Alan's has on every floor. Uh, and the milk filter needed changing, like a light started blinking saying to change the milk filter. So we gave it a good crack. Um, we couldn't get it to work. So we went to go and get help. So we left for a minute. And as we came back, um, there was a gentleman at the coffee machine trying to make a coffee. And all of a sudden he obviously went to add milk to his coffee and the machine just started spluttering everywhere. There was milk <laughs> everywhere. It was down his shirt on his tie. Uh, obviously we did not own up. We looked at each other and did a runner very quickly. So that was some powerful bonding in that moment. Definitely the beginning of a relationship of partners in crime. But yeah, if I, I feel so sorry for him. <laughs> if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry that we ruined your time. Yes. <laughs> but I kind of think that's a good point or something to bring up because one of the things for people who are joining the firm or doing a clerkship for the first time, you know, they might not have been part of office life before or been in a a workplace where there's different hierarchies and different etiquette. So I think, you know, what, what didn't you know coming into the clerkship that you learned through it of sort of your expectations of office life and how to interact with other people? Tim, was there anything that, you know, surprised you or that you learned through this process? Well, maybe speaking to the virtual experience specifically, I think that it was a lot more low key than what I expected. So, for example, I think, you know, the entire Clark batch rocked up in smart casual or sorry, business casual on the first day. And then when we joined our teams, we very quickly realized that 
I think the guiding principle was more so just neat and tidy, more so than, you know, business casual. So I think there is, for anyone who's coming into a virtual clerkship, I think just, just know that the teams have been doing this for, for months now. And so they, they, there is, I guess, a more relaxed atmosphere, which at least I found can be quite different to, you know, the in-person clerkships that I did where you're walking around in a suit and you're in the office setting. Um, so, you know, for those of you who are, you know, doing a virtual clerkship in Melbourne, there's, there's a lot of solidarity, I think, amongst fellow working from home people. So just realize it's pretty laid back and you've still got to be polite and respectful, but it, it is, um, a very understanding environment is what I would say. I was going to say, I'm just dialed in from home today. And as Talia pointed out at the beginning, a Harry Potter sweater. So um, <laughs> the standard yeah. of formality has definitely dipped as the year's gone on. Yeah, that's what we call an understanding um, office environment. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a broad church. People really can do what they need to do to get by. Bring your whole self to the Zoom meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the when you're in an actual office in real life, uh, everyone is quite approachable. They're incredibly polite and understanding and they're aware that you may not have the best idea um, of how the office runs, especially if you've never worked at Allen's before. I think the best thing to do is just have really good communication with who you're with. I know I always made an effort to ask if people preferred their office doors open or closed and if I could take a call in the office or if they were going to be on a call at the same time. Uh, little things like that went a long way and I just think having the office run quite smoothly. Caitlin, did you have any that jumped out at you and you joined as well this year? Uh, or during your clerkship? I mean, it's hard for me to say because I'm, I, I've become... I mean, this entire cohort this year is so socially stunted that um, it's difficult to know where kind of a normal level of um, social interaction starts and finishes with us because we're not used to being around other humans. But um, I think um, it's very telling coming back into the office, I think, for a lot of the junior lawyers this year because they were the first ones back and um, there's, there's a genuine excitement about being in this space and whether it's just a reminder that you actually, you do have a real life job, like a real life adult, which is sometimes easy to forget, I suppose, when you're sitting at home in your pajamas every day um, and uh, just leaning into it and um, and having those conversations with people um, wherever they arise. And perhaps I, I lent into that quite intensely upon my return um, as a product of, of prolonged isolation, but it, it definitely did wonders for my sense of confidence and, and, and also for the kind of work I was doing because I was chatting to more people and, and yeah, so just go for it. Talk to people. Don't be, don't be worried about um, that being strange or, or, everyone's very, very approachable and, and uh, everyone's excited to, to see you and meet you. All have given very good little pieces of advice there, which I think everyone listening will very much appreciate. So before we wrap up, I guess, Tim and Talia, we've got a whole bunch of, you know, young, excited students who are about to embark on their own clerkships over the summer and next year. Um, and some of it might be virtual and some of it might be in person, but if you could leave them with sort of your one big tip, that the one thing that if they take nothing else from this podcast, what do you think they should just have in the back of their minds as they go forth on this journey and sort of embrace whatever this summer brings? My biggest tip, I think, is just to back yourself. Um, I know that sounds a bit, a bit of a throwaway comment, but I think everyone who's, you know, clerking at, at, at 
at a place like Allen's is there for a reason. So you're within striking distance. You've obviously, you know, very impressive. And I think if you expect challenges, you know, whether it's with the, the coffee machine or a certain task, <laughs> but you kind of go in there just knowing that, hey, you know, there's a reason I'm here and, you know, putting my mind to it and making use of whatever resources I can, I'll, I'll definitely be able to show what I can do. I think that's probably a, a, a good attitude um, to, to have. Just be confident and, and be positive. I think what Tim said was pretty spot on in backing yourself. Uh, but also having, having a positive mindset and seeing this as a learning experience, you are going to meet and be surrounded by some of the most brilliant people that are going to teach you so much about both life and the law. So I think really enjoy it and try to learn as much as you can. Uh, and above all, just have fun with it. I had a ball over summer, so really make the most of it. Very good advice. Both, thank you so much for joining us today. I think, you know, if you cast your mind back, you can remember that feeling of sort of uncertainty and nervousness as you went into this phase. So I think being able to listen to what you both had to say will be really comforting for a lot of people and probably make them really excited to to get started on their clerkship. So um, I'm really glad you both had interesting experiences and that you enjoyed your time with us during your clerkships. And I hope you also enjoyed your time with us on the podcast today. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having us. You've played a formidable part in the peak of my career. (laughs) It's been a pleasure. Thank you both so much. Thanks so much, guys. A lot of fun.